Okie dokie. Well, I think we're broadcasting. It's uh, testing, testing. Is this mic on? Is this mic on? Can you see Which if mic am I supposed to be you use this one? Hello. Can you hear me? Like, talk a little Hello. more. Hello. Well, it looks like you're pegging. Somebody's going to say, we can't hear you. It's like Sergeant Carter and Gomer Pyle. I can't hear you, Miss Sergeant Carter. Well, hey, Sergeant Carter. Remember when we, in our chit chats, we used to have visits from unpolitically correct, like from the Indian man who was fascinated with Annette, and who else Haji? did we have come? We we had some other people come, and we just told them, you can't come anymore because people will accuse us of being racist, so we can't do that. But I think probably Gomer Pyle could come and see us, but um, who knows? There's probably some group that represents hayseeds from the Appalachians is still I still have a card carrying membership there you with your ancient roots from Kentucky you could probably get away with it too but we'll see well hey Sergeant Carter <sighs> well I'm very blessed today because I know that Monica has family visiting and I fully expected to have to fly this Spirit of St. Louis all across the Atlantic on my own, but now here she is. I just got translated from one place to another. <laughs> <laughs> I had to survey the situation and say, I'll be back in an hour. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. It was... Uh, well, it's a good thing I live 2.3 minutes away. Yeah, I mean, right that's... Remember when you were going to buy that house, you were also looking at Rowlett, of all things? Can you imagine no, that? No, it was Rockwall. Oh, Rockwell. We actually... Apples and tomatoes. Rockwall's farther. We made um, offers on like two or three different lots to build a house out there by the lake. And, and every time we would think that it was going to go through, at the last minute it would fall through. And... It's just interesting to think back way back then because that was really before things had turned upside down here. Right, yeah. And I just know that that was the Lord that actually ended up positioning us where he did because I am thankful. I was, I was actually talking on Christmas Day to some people in my family about... Um, sleeping and about just the spiritual dynamics that I've experienced in the night the visitations and things like that, dreams and whatnot that I've had in that house and just reflecting back over the last 26 years about um, just all the things that have transpired spiritually from my house to this house mm -hmm. is, is, is pretty phenomenal and, and I realized that, I realized in my conversation how, and it was not just me, it was, I know you prayed, you, you had a team that came to my house, we prayed in my house, there was oil involved, there was oil with black chickens, <laughs> there was all kinds of things that were involved in that. In, Dreams, in this, visions. Yeah. And that was really when we were learning how to really stepping into the gift of interpretation and just interpreting some of these dreams that were very significant to the Terrio here. That's not just where my house is, but I think just this area where our church is mm -hmm. and the lines of communication and the spiritual lines of um, activity. And anyway, I say all that to say in my sharing this, I hadn't talked about it in a long time. I realize how the Lord has delivered and saved and granted dominion and authority in this neighborhood. And I am very thankful. I know it's not a coincidence that he's planted me here in this neighborhood. So all that to say, I'm glad that I live so close. I'm glad that I'm here with you today. Well, you know, the, the very odd thing about um, 
nighttime stuff. We could talk about a number of things going on from that, and I think any of it would be apropos. But dreams is something that, the, the topic of dreams is something that we have explored. We, we did initial teachings on that. We wrote a little booklet on it. And, and I remember in doing that, that crazy little booklet, which was just the scripture, it drew people to say we were in New Age, that we were doing cultic things. And, um, and I, I, I remember then teaching on it from the standpoint of the missing gifts of Pentecost, because those are mis mentioned in Joel and in in Acts, but and and everybody dreams. But when you start talking about it, there were people that were just. It's almost like you poked them with a hot stick, you know. They they didn't like it. And and then I remember we tried to <coughs> we tried to develop a more systematic process of dealing with dreams. I know we did um, some fivefolds on dreams that that we knew were from God. But then we even had a bunch of people who said that they ministered a lot in dreams and we brought them together and the decision, we won't go into the decision that we were almost forced into making, but it was a bad decision. And it just basically ground what we were trying to do to a halt. I don't know anything about this. Let me be over it was the statement that we've joked about since then. But I have really felt as I read through the Christmas story, particularly about Joseph and the role that dreams had in, in his life, almost as a, I think of all the people that were role players in that great story, he was more of the caretaker of the bunch. And I think in some ways, we are that. Because we're not Mary, we're not birthing something new. That Those days have already happened. I mean, if God's birthing a new apostolic mission for us, we're in a heap of trouble. We still, we're still, we, we have a measure of a responsibility for the apostolic mission. It is far, it's really just beginning. You know, wouldn't you agree? Yes. So you have Elizabeth who birthed and that's not a caretaker that's somebody that's bringing something new into the world you have Zecharias who was kind of a caretaker but Gabriel didn't like the cut of his jib and made him quiet you know but now Joseph was an active participant he was he wasn't and 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 what I mean by that is like if we go into certain countries we're not birthing anything there we're 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 caretaking over them embracing and them taking responsibility for the new life for that country. We're kind of not grandparents, but we're kind of like Joseph was, where we have a responsibility for something that somebody else has to say, yes, be it unto me according to your word. Yeah, but yes, I totally agree. But then you factor in the whole genos, the whole you know, the whole principle of, of diversities, of diverse and um, genomai and partnering in, you know, I guess I don't want to say birthing something new, but it is, it's something that we, that we carry, but then our responsibility is to go into a part. Yeah, but, but see, intercession is one thing. It's like what Paul wrote about, I, I travail for you till Christ is formed in you. I think that's where we are. We have to travail. We have to intercede. But the forming of Christ in somebody else has to happen in them, right. and they got to be careful to not abort it. Yeah, we. I guess we just impart the, the, the spirit, the spiritual, the grace, the spiritual mm -hmm. dynamic to awaken, Yeah. maybe to quicken, to stir whatever whatever's needed yeah but and then to establish them in their identity yeah 
So there you have Joseph and dreams. He was the only one who had dreams. Mary didn't have a dream. Mary, Elizabeth didn't have a dream. No, and I don't Zacharias want to didn't. I'm sorry. No, I don't want to take us off what you're talking about, about the dreams, but I think about Mary had a visitation with an angel. Right. And, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot because I've been reading through the Bible, and I just, I marvel at what you find in Scripture about dreams, spiritual dreams, spiritual visions, visitations with angels, the Lord directly speaking to his saints, to his patriarchs, to his prophets, to the clarity, the strategy from, from all those that you mentioned, going back into Daniel, into Joseph, into the Old Testament Joseph, into Ezekiel, um, you know, Abraham, Moses, Joshua, and just the the incredible way that they, uh, how do I say this? They were so in tune with the Lord and with the spirit and with the angelic and the way that commun- you know, the, the, the Lord communicated with them his purpose and their task, their mission, their battle strategies, their, I mean, from, from, from Moses through Abraham, all the way to John in the book of Revelation. And it, when, I, when I realize that, it makes me realize, even though we have come so far in our walk with the Lord and, our, and the spiritual giftings that he's given us in teaching and in applying and you know, um, activating and all the things that we do and the way we go to nations and we go to saints groups and we impart this and teach this and encourage this and really put demands on it to to walk in the spirit and to glean and interpret and be aware. But I feel like when I read these accounts, I feel like we're living way below what the Lord has for us. Mm-hmm. And I want I, I want us to rise above. You know, come up here. Let me show you. I want I so want us to rise above and live in that realm of an angel, you know, Gabriel would come to me and say, and I know that was like a one of a one of a one of a that was a that was one moment in history that will never be relived. But there's just so many. I mean, even the way the the Spirit visited the Apostle Paul or Peter or I don't know. I just I, I marvel at Scripture and the way that it so clearly expresses God's communication with His people. Yeah. Well, I, I remember, I, I should probably write down the times that we were directed by angels as to things to do, because the, you, there are probably three handfuls of those times. And even many times, angels will come and say, <coughs> you're going to be directed into this thing, it's very important for you to know this, you've got to write this, or you need to think in this in different ways and an impartation would come but with dreams though I don't think we've scratched the surface of what's supposed to happen so and and again we talked about dreams throughout the Bible but particularly in the nativity story you have Joseph who had dreams and the wise men they had a dream and those dreams were directional like the wise men were warned, don't go back to Herod. So they went another way, and then Herod came up with his scheme to kill everybody because all those children, because he said that he was mocked by the wise men. But Joseph was spoken to God in a dream, don't put this woman away. This is from the God, from the God who you serve, you know. And and then after the wise men left. Joseph was told in a dream, go, take the child, go to Egypt. And then he was told in a dream by an angel, "Go, Herod's dead, go back. So I guess the wise men would also be caretakers. And, and, and again, I'm not saying that 
we we as saints aren't birthing new things within our own scenario but when it comes to going to be a voice going to watch over the impartation of the spirit into some other group or some other land when it comes to bringing even for us we would bring gold frankincense and myrrh that's our message to people here is the gold of your faith and your communion with god here is the frankincense of your intercession and here is the here's the myrrh where you have to die to self to embrace this message that's our message and and i i think we we need to have directions coming in in dream for these other people i think hey look you've got one of our buddies crawling on you it's one of our one of our ladybugs is coming for the ladybug picnic we have ladybugs that come here into the booth and they they live here somewhere he uh that's really nice. He he just landed. I thought it was too cold for those boys to be out. We need to give that a name. How about Sophie? Sophie? Yeah, Sophie's a good name. Okay, or Josie, one or the other. Josie's probably outlawed here. Outlaw Josie. You know, and, and for instance, I'm not going to go into this, but the last two nights I've had snippets of dreams that are on the same wavelength and I don't have a clue as to what I'm supposed to do with it. In fact, the dream itself is something that I don't want to have anything to do with because it just irritates me. And and so <clears throat> beyond beyond what I've seen, I've been praying this morning, Lord, the one facet that we have not really mined is these dreams with direction i mean clear direction we've had angelic visitations we've had rhema words we've had prophets come and participate in welcoming us into france you know we we've had we've had lots of other things you know i remember being in uh, in the temple of the tabernacle of testimony when god said the Brazil and South America are going to constitute a great portion of the end-time army of the saints. We've been, I guess what I'm saying is, I'm not saying we don't have dreams, but I know that in our role now as elder statesmen, when you say that, where we're, where we're being asked to supervise hundreds of churches in a real-time way, dreams of purpose or something in the nativity story kings had dreams joseph had to interpret them but god spoke to nebuchadnezzar in dreams it it seems to be something that's not only purpose but it's something that um that's somebody who is in authority or somebody who is a caretaker over a dynamic work of God. It may be the Elijah of the Elishas. That dreams are, the pre, are a preeminent way that God speaks, but it's very clear. Does that make sense? I'm just, I'm just rambling here. Ladybug, do you have anything you'd like to say to us? Oh, she's scared. I mean, you. He's playing possum. She's coming back towards me. Good. She wants on that white sweater. <laughs> you know, we have ladybugs sometimes that'll circle around the big spotlights above the pulpit, and then all of a sudden they decide they've had enough of it and they dive bomb down onto the platform. One time, one of them landed on the on the pulpit. I was really happy for that. They seem so much bigger when they're up way up high, like 60 feet in the air, and they're above the swimming around those uh, 
on the wind currents around the the uh, spotlights but then they come down and boom hey buddy why don't you come over here are you walking away from her no you don't want to get on my finger do you no i'll leave you alone i think dreams are interesting because i think just thinking back over the history of this ministry and the way the lord has he has used dreams in significant ways to usher us into new seasons to prepare us for new seasons to help us i mean i, I, mean, I remember just personally some I, I remember battling things that i i have to believe were like principalities and mm -hmm. it being the middle of the afternoon and me laying my head down and and falling asleep for maybe seven minutes and having the most vivid dream that after it was interpreted, it just made everything make sense. You know, you could see the, the, the I don't know, it's, a, it's like you could see into what was driving that whole measure of warfare. And, and so, but then, you know, I mean, there's also a lot of dreams that we have that we think, what the heck? You know, they don't mm -hmm. make sense. You know, people call them pizza dreams or whatever. I'm with you. I, I feel like we've just like tapped the surface, and and also with the angelic, I think you know we went we went in hot and heavy in the beginning with the angelic, and I think that that was that was significant and that was necessary. But I think about back in those days, we are truly a remnant even from those days, mm -hmm. the remnant that remains, and I have to believe that. You know, I know that if if you're talking about Gabriel or Michael, you know, one of the archangels, the way that the angels have ministered to or through you on behalf of this body, but I also know that in our in the atmosphere of intercession, the Lord uses his angels in so many different ways. I don't even I mean, I don't even even think about it. Right. It's just, yeah. It's almost just like. It's almost just like a natural part of our existence, our spiritual existence in prayer. So much that I really don't even think about it. But I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like the Lord is saying, you know, come up higher, mm -hmm. and and let me teach you how to communicate, how to receive communication how to interpret you know i don't know i just i feel like you know i don't want to say i you know we're living below i'm just because i know his no. grace is present at the moment i just feel like there's a grace that's waiting for us to step into to really um, well okay Let, let's talk about this further because with every step of grace there is a new measure of authority granted by the Lord and responsibility and that opens up a lot of communication because everything in the spirit realm is about relationship and authority structure so I know that throughout my life I was always aware as a seer of angelic or many times seeing demons and whatever and, but I never said anything about it because you got mocked if you said that. But then when we started praying and we accepted the responsibility of intercession and diversities of tongues, then all of a sudden those angelic visitations and even the, the warfare encounters became really direct and personal. And we had a reason to be interacting with the angelic. We had a responsibility that they ministered to, as the Bible says. They're not, they are ministers to the heirs. And they want to look into what we're doing for the Lord, but it's in conjunction with that apocalypsis. It's not because of anything else. It's not because somebody went to a seminar. It's not because somebody prayed with somebody, even though that could be a factor. 
It always has to root in what's in that thing that God, <coughs> that God's opening up. So I think that we're, so every measure where you partner with the Lord and move into a new step of grace, it's like God peels off some layers of these timeless principles that are in the word and lets you go deeper or delve more into. So our role more recently now is in making disciples through the nations. The Elijah-Elijah discussion we've talked about for, for the last few years. That's part of this. Um, and to me, I hadn't really thought about that caregiver business or that overseer or that supervisor or one praying for travail to happen in birth, one praying for birth to happen in somebody else. But, you know, again, the wise men and Joseph filled that role in the nativity. They got direct words from angels in dreams. Do this. Don't, there wasn't any interpretation involved. I mean, you don't, you don't have to sit around, you know, I saw this, I wonder what it means. Mm -hmm. those, those wise guys said, don't go back there, go another way. Joseph, you take this woman and don't, don't deliberate at all. You just do it. You get this woman and the child and you get out of here. Hey, Herod's dead. You go back now. Very clear, very direct. Now, angels can meet with us, which they have and they do. Um, but in that role of purpose, where you're, you're fulfilling your purpose, but you're also, I don't want to say meddling, but you're influencing by divine edict the purpose of somebody else. That pretty much has to happen in a dream where you, you, you enter into that sphere. I think dreams are a sphere under themselves where they, they influence that purpose. But people are dealing with their own purpose. You, you interject in a dream into that purpose that's the only place you can really meddle. You can give a word to them, but then they can walk away and do what they're going to do with it. When you're in that dream realm, you are, you are, uh, what's the word? It's almost intravenous into their spirit where you're affecting them. They can't get away from that. They can't ignore, oh, you know what? Monica said this to me. I trust her as a prophet, but now I've got to deal with it. When, when you deal with the thing just where they are, where they can't escape, they can't get away from that. And and I, I think that one of the things, like you said so eloquently, that God's wanting to, he's scratching the surface. He, I, I think that the dream reality, God's going to take us into a deeper measure, and I need it. You need it. Like you, you minister nocturnally a lot more than, well, I, I do too, but not to the degree that you do. It seems to you be you seem to be on a nerve. I I have dreams, I have warfare, I wake up in the middle of the night, I see things, but not in a way that you do. And this isn't about you and me. But but I think that for both of us and for all of you, God wants to take us. You know, as I look into this new year, what are we talking about? We're talking about going and doing things before the night comes. So there's an urgency now. We were obedient in going before. But in these past couple of years, the wickedness that we see in the staging of the enemy, we didn't see that before the COVID shutdown. I mean, in 2016, the election, I remember us saying, where are these people coming from who are saying these heinous things in our country? Where are they? It's like they've unearthed. Have they been here all this time and we just didn't see it? 
if Trump did one thing, he blew the lid off a lot of this stuff that we didn't see happening in colleges. Anyway, I'm just rambling now. Oh, it's interesting, too, because I remember the administration before. <coughs> this is not talking about any person. No, we're not talking politics here. No, but I, I remember talking about how that administration, at least from my perspective, was opening the door for the Antichrist. Yeah, you're right. And then, you know, you look at the progression of that. But, too, I mean, we saw all kinds of national calamities, international. We saw earthquakes and fires and, and tsunamis tsunamis and you know all kinds of natural disasters happening we experienced severe terrorism mm -hmm. that was really i mean it hit our country but it you know it was it was i don't know i mean if if just looking back at the progression it probably you know, if you laid it all out, would make sense. Yeah. But it's almost like all of that leading up to, like you said, about where did all, it's like you you move the rock and all of the, from inside, yeah. started, you know, started coming out. And, and this is where we are. But at the same time, we still have a responsibility. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard from my father. Why is it that you have to go to France? Why is it that you feel like you have to go to, you know, Belgium or Switzerland or Brazil when when the Lord needs you here in your own country? I mean, I have had that conversation more times than I want to talk about. And, you know, I just say to him, I think that maybe you need to talk to the Lord about that. <laughs> because that's not, that, that, that this is just me being obedient to where he's sending me. Um, well... You know, you know, I I'd never really thought of this before, but your your father is a patriotic man. Very. And um, you should ask him why did the United States have to go to Europe in 1941? Why did we have to do that? Why didn't we just stay here? There was certainly a movement that said you're needed right here. Stay out of those wars. Let's quote the song and dance of George Washington. Stay out of foreign entanglements. Why did we do that? Yeah. What would have happened had we not gone? Yeah. And, and, you know, again, I think one of the things about America, and I think we would share this with France. Uh, if France hadn't come and intervened with us in the revolution, we would still be mm -hmm. singing God Save the King. Well, and it comes down to the director of the Lord on your life and are you going to be obedient to where God sends you? Yeah. You know, and my response to him also would be, Dad, if if the Lord called me to the the swamps in some third world country as a missionary, I would say yes. Yeah. And and and, and saying yes, God's grace would be upon me and upon my family and and so it's not something that, I mean, th this is all by the choosing of the Lord and his plan. So, mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I, I have struggled with for so long feeling the burden for these other nations and not really having a burden for my own nation. And, you know, I, I didn't question the Lord about that. It is what it is. And, of course, I love my country and I pray for my country and I support whatever is necessary for us to do in prayer and but it's I mean it is it is a hundred and fifty percent by the the doing and the burden of the heart of God yeah so well like you know it goes back to what Jesus told his disciples all of them were Jews all of them loved Jerusalem why go anywhere else what did he say anybody remember go into all the world yeah Preach the gospel to every creature. This gospel of the kingdom will not, you know, the end will not come until this has been preached to all the world for a witness. The, and I think that, again, I'm speaking to an American audience here, but I think that one of the things that has characterized this country, maybe it's the spirit of truth and sonship that's on this continent, is that we go. 
we invent, we go. Let's, now some would say, well, that's colonialism, that's white privilege, that's nonsense. We go. We've traveled to enough nations. What other nations have we gone to that actually say, hey, you know what? We're going to go into other countries and help them. We don't see that. They say, how about giving to us? When are you going to come and help us? We say, we're going to go. Mm -hmm. There's something about truth and sonship that does that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's part of that dimension of the seven spirits that permeates this country, this, this continent. I don't know. It's just me. Yeah. But I think that, you know, think of the history of our country. When have we not gone? Over there, over there. The Yanks are coming, the Yanks are coming. You know, that it, it, it's it, there's just something with the psyche here through the spirit that goes. But what's the enemy trying to do now? Let's be let's apologize for that. Let's let's be remorseful. And, you know, you think about it, if America's taken out, which is what the enemy's wanting to do, what nation is going to rise and say, not on our watch? There isn't one. Well, China's wanting to dominate everybody. I read this morning, I read an article in the Wall Street Journal that talked about the population of Christianity. And, of course, America is, has the top population of Christianity at this, at this point. But they said by 20, 2060, it'll be China, which I thought was super interesting. Wow. I know. I don't know where they're getting. It, it's whatever that. It's the underground church. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is certainly a different topic. But, but I do believe, you know, we're coming into the New Year's. And we really would, would like to invite all of our Saints Network to set aside a specific time, whether it's Saturday or Sunday, to commit ourselves afresh to the Lord for what he's going to require of us in this new year. The night is coming when no man can work. We have a brief window of time. Only God knows the time, and we've got to work for our Master. And, but part of the tools God's wanting to give us, I believe, is he's going to awaken a sharper capacity in the dream realm. And that doesn't mean that, that I, I still we still welcome angels speaking to us or, or God speaking or what we see in intercession or visions. We welcome all of that. But God didn't say, I'm going to pour out my spirit in all flesh. Your sons and daughters prophesy. You all men's dream dreams. Young men see visions. Pick one. No, he said, here they are. And I think we need all of them. And especially since we're in the, in the dynamic of the Lord's structure, the old men in the room. It has nothing to do with age. It has with, to do with position. You know, it speaks about the the white hair being the glory. Why does it say that? Why does it say glory? Because there's something that's, when you're partnering with God in his plan, that serves a role, whether it's Anna or Simeon. And Joseph was older than Mary. Somebody had to be older. Anyway, I'm like just a teenager. I mean, Yeah. yeah. And, and, and too, I mean, <clears throat> it says old men, but we know that that applies to men and women. Yeah. I, I, one of the things that I appreciate about, about reading through the Old Testament is when you <coughs> start reading about the kings, and I was reading about Hezekiah this morning, but just in any chapter of any of those books that, you know, the Chronicles or Kings or whatever, Admit, you know, when the king comes into rulership, it always mentions his father and his mother. And I think mm. that's really interesting that they would actually acknowledge the mother and um, her role, whether, you know, we know how that was, but 
Yeah, you know, it's it's funny to me because, like I, I told you a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not taught on it. I think it's just one of those things that the Lord just put it somewhere in my head. Really concentrating on the order of Melchizedek, and why in the world Jesus is that. And the the thing about Melchizedek was really representing God according to his jealousy and according to his temes. Because Melchizedek was there in Salem, which would be Jerusalem, and he spoke about Elion. He spoke about the high places. He spoke about the jealousy of the Lord. Those things speak about going to the high places and representing what the Father has placed in this planet and in the spirit realm and being a person of righteous vision, partnering with the jealousy of the Lord and um, really speaking about what God in the high places, El Elyon, is doing. That's the priestly order of Jesus and that's what we do. That's what we as saints do. We were empowered by the cross to do that, which is Jesus paid the price for that. So we, we go into a place like Brazil and we we start, we haven't really done, we've done some activations there, but not in a widespread way. Um, we haven't empowered these pastors to do much in that. But... Oh, I don't know. We went up on top of that praying mountain and Frosty Mayo'd. That was cool, but we weren't... That was more like a field trip. I was pleading the blood over all of us that because we like, were not told to do that. That was like a field trip that Luciano wanted to take us on. But it was a, I mean, it was it a was, cool experience. It was neat. We were kind of kidnapped into it, weren't we? We didn't know where we were going. We didn't know what was going on. And God preserved us in that because we were innocent. <laughs> and then we went up to the, in Rio, we went up to the Christ and we prayed up there. Yeah. But it wasn't really, I mean, it wasn't really like, okay, prophetically, let's define what God wants to do in this place, that's yeah. this place. And then we, I mean, think about it. We've done activations all over France. Yeah, and we've had brothers and sisters who, mm -hmm. who have done that and embraced that. But again, we've been partnering with them for a long time. Um, but the order of Melchizedek with Jesus and... We, uh, I'm just trying to embrace the role that is freshly being put on us, which is not a new one. It's just, as you said, an appealing back, a going deeper. And I don't know. We shall see. We shall. So, Saturday... We need to pray. We'll be gathering here Sunday morning at 11, but we'll be, um, we'll have an abbreviated service, but I'm not really sure what it's going to be. It's going to be more directed uh, toward us yielding ourselves uh, for what's coming. And so we, we invite all of you to of course, do what the Lord lays on your heart to do, but to really, um, as a saint's network, yield ourselves to the field of operation for what is coming. And um, I'm looking forward to that. Just as a point of uh, info we were privileged to finally settle on a location in Brazil a theater to rent 
nor we can gather in the various churches and one that's suitable for us to video and record um, teachings that can then be sent around the nation. Um, we've got a lot of work to do to get this facilitated, but it will be the first weekend in June, and um, we'll be sending more out, but just uh, just know that that's one example of what we're going to be doing. But this weekend, we need to lay ourselves before the Lord and present ourselves as a living sacrifice. You know, I was talking to the Benishans uh, earlier and to the saints in France and in, any, in Belgium and Luxembourg, uh, Switzerland, than anywhere else that speaks the holy language of France. But I was talking about how that, you know, when we first became saints, everything in our lives we laid before the Lord. And, but where we are now, there are so many new things that have come into our lives so many new responsibilities that weren't around when we first committed ourselves. And, um, for instance, I wasn't a grandfather back then. Well, I, well, see, it's interesting because I think about when, when all this began for me, I had babies. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was way different for me at that point. Yeah. Yeah, because nursing babies, it's, it's. Yeah, and I remember all the stories that were told you about how you need to take <laughs> account of what you're doing. It seems to me that your two kids grew up very well. But you know, the point though is that, um, I and I've made no. I have to really watch what I say because I I am not one of those pastors that whips our people. We talked about this last week. And, and I think all of the saints need to reevaluate where we are and see personally if our priorities are still burning hot for the Lord. And because the only way to partner with God is to go after him with, his, with our whole heart. We can, you can't apportion that. You, you can't say, okay, I'm just going to give you the first fruits of my heart. That sounds holy, doesn't it? But he doesn't want just the first fruits of it. He wants it all. And then he gives back. And and I, I'm just, I just feel that yearning. Maybe it's, maybe I'm, maybe it's just the voice to me. But I know good and well that we would not have reach the heights of God's presence as we did had we not all said yes Lord that's required now well it should be all the time but it's required now and, and another thing that I'm believing for is that we need his presence because we can't we can't exist without it well, I think we take it for granted sometimes but we can't go into these countries with the message without his presence because it'll fall flat. As wonderful as these scriptural teachings are, if we don't have his presence, it's like, if, if you don't go with us, we're not going. Well, there's no power. And when I say power, I'm not saying, like, power to, I'm just saying, 
there's no there's no dunamis there's no function there's no mm-hmm. it, it's it's words yeah and I think a lot of it I think a lot of it and I know I've preached this a thousand times in the last three years but I think in this last number of years the Lord has really taught us how to dare I use this word really abide <laughs> I know but it's real she said the word it's very real to me <laughs> but to abide and to welcome that that presence and to rest in to rest in that in that presence you know I remember when several years after you had started to commission me to speak or teach or whatever and and I remember the process that I went through to um, to learn and granted I'm always learning but to learn how to do that not in my flesh but by the spirit because there there is a learning curve there yeah as humans and, and from somebody that came from training, see, I was trained in my career to publicly make presentations and things like that. And, and that was my flesh. I mean, even though I'm sure the Lord was with me and gave me favor, I was, it, was, it, was, it was a carnal thing to go and sell something to a, 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 a committee of executives or whatever. My point is, is that I remember when the Holy Spirit began to teach me how to rest in his anointing in the midst of ministry and not in my own strength. And that is a huge that's a huge learning curve because we all want to be effective and we all want to please. We you know we all have that junk in us and and yet it is powerless without the spirit. Yeah. And so you go up there and you so I say all that to say I feel like there's been just a real, um, I don't know. I, I have learned how to, to function from that place of rest. And when I say rest, I mean from his presence, mm-hmm. from his abiding presence. And if I, and I realize if I go into activity or ministry or whatever, I mean, even coming up to do this radio broadcast, if I'm just go come up and I'm just going through the motions out of obedience, which I do, and I'm not coming out of that place of presence and spirit and anointing, and the only way that that can be is if my lamp is full. You know what I mean? So it's it's just, and, and that is really what we have to have in ministry going forward. Because there's a lot of ministries out there that are teaching, that are, I mean, they've got good words, they're singing good songs and, and all you know it, it, the full package but there's a remnant <laughs> that brings a message and we have to have his dunamis we have to have his presence his power behind it or it's just another message yeah we have to we have to embrace whether it's the prophets of old they stood alone yeah i mean e- elijah and Elisha would go and speak to schools, schools of the prophets. But then they'd go off and they'd be on their own. And um, it's not, that sounds pretentious, but I think God has forged us to be that. He has forcefully made us to be that. And for, for a purpose, it's like that, that up, up, uppermost tier of the mighty men that had to be there, but they were kind of hidden. They were kind of secretive. You didn't know a whole lot about them, <coughs> but they were there, and undeniably they were there. Um, without that, I, I just think we need to be in prayer for this, and I'm winding this down because we're out of time. I think we need to be in prayer for this next season, this in the history of mankind, in the in the history of the timetable of God, 
this window that is opening is unlike any other. Subsequently, the, the best wine that God has reserved for this is, is going to require things of us. And we need, we need to recognize it and submit. Otherwise, we're just going to ride the wave. And we're just going to like be like any other knucklehead that thinks, oh, God's moving over there. Let's run over and see it. Somebody's got to pay the price. Before God does anything, he says it to his friends. You know, everything begins with a voice. And are we, are we willing to, to pay the price again to usher in a new birth? Now, like you said, lots of these groups have caught up with the price that many of you paid for them to stand in that place. And as we've gone, a lot of the forerunners in Christendom have died. They're gone. I mean, this, is the, this, this to me is the cutting edge of that elder group. Like, let's say, you go up to Caleb's age. Let's, and, and I'm not short, short-sighting anybody that's over 80. But we're in that crucial age group, mid-60s to 80, which in God's timetable is an eldership. But you've got to be vibrant in it. Somebody's got to be like Caleb, who God put his spirit. He said, this guy is in another spirit. Give me this mountain that shows all those other yahoos. Let's keep focused. Let's go. That is the, the old men quotient. And it's, it's Elijah's and Elisha's. It's Moses and Joshua. It's the same things we talked about. But for us to really minister on behalf of the nations in that role, we need we need something from the Lord that He's reserved for that role. And we've served in that in some many ways in the past years. I mean, even when we first started going out, we served in that. And I'm ta- not talking just you and me. I'm talking about the saints. But it's, it's into another level now. It needs to be. Not from an experience standpoint. Because, you know, we've dealt with people who always want something new. But the true Kainos wine is not just something new. It's something that is linked with what God has ordained in the Kairos moment. Uh, we're just, well, we're off into the ethereal now. What what's left? It's twelve thirty. Well, yeah, it is, but we still have two minutes left. We want to give the people what they paid for. We don't want to shortchange them. I paid for an hour, and I'm going to get it. <sighs> well, so this weekend, let one of the main Focuses. Is there such a word as focusi? <laughs> Plurality? That's not a word. Um, one of the main focuses should be on us recommitting ourselves and to evaluate. Search me, O Lord. Am I really offering what you need to, to go into your heart deeper? And... Um, Pray also for the finality of the Brazilian contract for that thing in June. Even though I sent the money, they haven't received it yet. Whoa. Well, it's wires. It's two to five business days, and he did it on bank holidays. So, you, you can't know, just sell it or Venmo it. Venmo it. No, you got to. Of course, the IRS would catch you. Oh, yeah, Uncle Sam will be after us. So pray pray for that, and um, we'll be back here again next Tuesday, but then pray for us because you and 
me and Katie are going over to France. And the French leadership over there will be, we, we just need to have covering and protection and health and favor that the strikes that are going on in Heathrow <laughs> will not be called for the time that we're there. They're supposed to be over by the new year, but they're happening again next weekend. All right, that's it. God bless you all. We'll see you tomorrow, Wednesday Night Live. We'll see you this weekend. Be back here next Tuesday. Have a wonderful New Year's time. Thanks for joining us. Adios, amigos. Okay.